stop, listen, and ask yourself, have you ever pondered at the idea that there may be something to the other side? If so, and you're hearing my voice for the first time, then you may have just fallen into the void. Hi, this is Kevin Valentine with Creep It Real OC Expo, and I'm falling with G-Man into the void. Hey there, hello there, and welcome, bats and ghouls, to another exciting episode of Into the Void, where we talk about anything and everything paranormal. I am your ghost host with the most, G-Man, and if you're joining us for the first time, welcome. Welcome to a podcast show where the main focus isn't just about things that we can't see in the dark, but also where you can get the latest news on Halloween events and haunts happening around you. So get ready, light some sage, set up your crystals, and send some positive vibes, because for this episode, we cut through the void and into some more family-friendly talk that's sure to lift your Halloween spirits. As always, a big thank you to everyone who has been following with us. Your support truly helps make this show and its future endeavors possible. You can show your support and more by becoming a Patreon member. Just visit patreon.com forward slash into the void pod. That's patreon.com forward slash into the void pod. Also, a big thank you to Kevin Valentine for coming in and talking with us. For more on him, go back and listen to the last episode. So here on Into the Void, we love a good ghost story and talking about all things that go bump in the night. We love learning and discovering the paranormal world and what it has to offer, but we also love being a part of something that has become very near and dear to our hearts, and that is the haunt community. With the haunt season just around the corner and this ongoing pandemic, we have been seeing many Halloween events canceled. Does this mean Halloween is canceled too? Well, I'm here to tell you this. Halloween's not dead. In fact, it may feel this different this year, but the Halloween spirit is still very much alive. But before I go any further on the subject, let's bring out my amazing co-hosts. Now, you know him as the man who controls the level of our voices like the moon taming the waves. And he's an employee of this wonderful establishment known as Undercity Comics here in Whittier, California. Bats and ghouls, please welcome the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Renee the Pumpkin King Bravo. <laughs> Was that a good one? That's a good one. <laughs> What's going on, man? Not much, not much. Good to be back, you know, just here for this special episode. Yes. Super excited. Oh, I am too. I am too. <laughs> well, also joining us is a man who makes the ghouls drool, banshees sing, and will leave skeletons with a bone-chattering dance. In fact, Renee, I heard a rumor. The rumor is, is that the Invisible Man once asked him for advice on how to get people to see him and not through him. <laughs> well, bats and ghouls, please show some love and give it up for the strange one. Hey, listeners, how's it going? Great to be back. And by the way, the answer that I they responded was just be yourself and be open. Ah, okay. I like that. Mm -hmm. Strange one, how you been? You know, just happy to be back in studio. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, gentlemen, before I continue here, I want to bring something up to you. I was at the 99 cent store. Mm -hmm. I was picking up some milk. Oh. 
and I just so yeah, happened to see something on the shelves, mm -hmm. something of the Halloween nature. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, it was a small little section, maybe about like the size of half the table here, mm -hmm. but that's about two feet. <laughs> it's about two feet. But I will say the excitement is starting to rise. Mm -hmm. Halloween's coming. And also, gentlemen, as I stated, Halloween is not dead. We simply just have to adapt this year. I think it's more of the living dead variety. Ah, okay. The living oh. dead. You know, and that's exactly what we're gonna do for this episode. We are talking about the types of people, vendors, haunt enthusiasts, and conventions who are adapting to this time and what they're doing to ensure that the Halloween spirit stays alive and well. So we have with us a special guest who will be sharing with us what he and his ghostly crew have been up to to keep the Halloween All Hallows Eve spirit above ground. But before we introduce our guest, I have a very important announcement to make right after a word from our sponsor. Looking for quality Viking apparel inspired by the Norse gods of old? Well, there's only one place you can be sure to find the gear you're searching for. VikingJeans.com Unlike other Viking-themed retailers, Viking Jeans supplies handcrafted jewelry, watches, home decor, and apparel. They even forge and engrave steel axes. Viking Jeans is sure to have something to satisfy your fascination towards Norse mythology. Be sure to visit vikingjeans.com. That's vikingjeans.com. All right. Well, once again, I'm here with Renee and the strange one. And gentlemen, I want to ask you a question. During the holidays, like Christmas and Thanksgiving, there seems to be a lot of giving back within the communities. Would you agree? Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, no argument. Okay. Definitely. So whether it's donating clothes, volunteering your time in a soup kitchen, or the annual Toys for Tots drive... Um, do you know of any other ways to give back? Well, I'm pretty sure that we're about to find out. <laughs> That's a good let so me I'll ask you this. Let me ask you this. Do you know of any other ways to give back in the month of October? Not really, actually. Okay. Okay. That's fine. Well, the thing we are doing here on Into the Void is working with a team to bring the joy of Halloween to children who may not be able to have a Halloween this year. Given these social distance restrictions... Now, how, may you ask? <laughs> well, how? How, G-Man? Please, tell us. <laughs> well, I'm glad you asked, strange one. With the National COVID-19 Halloween Fun Packs Project, it's a non-profit project whose goal is to provide children who have been affected by COVID-19 with a free packet of candy or non-candy and treats. Now, if you or know someone who have been affected by COVID-19 and is unable to participate in some Halloween fun, visit their website and register. And also, listener, you can make a donation by visiting their GoFundMe page. Your donation will help bring the joy of Halloween to a child missing out this year. Visit them at www.HalloweenFunPackProject.com. That's www.HalloweenFunPackProject.com. Well, my frightfully fun friends, let's get this let's get to this episode's main event. So, let me take you guys back to the summer of 2016. You guys remember that summer? Yeah. It was hot. I remember that how hot it was. Mm -hmm. Now, I didn't know it at the time, but that was the summer that would arouse my love, nay, my passion for Halloween even more. 
You see, that summer morning, I remember waking up, getting some coffee and looking at my phone, curious to learn of what types of Halloween events would be happening that year. Granted, there was still two months before Halloween, and lo and behold, to my surprise, on my phone, I found something that was happening in the next couple of hours. So, my family and I made our way to Long Beach, California, for one of the greatest Halloween conventions to ever grace California. My opinion, by the way. Midsummer Scream, now the biggest Halloween convention in Southern California, has made such a name for itself. With vendors and activities to big name entertainers and horror movie film stars. In fact, big name YouTube stars have also made their way to this macabre fun. Who would choose to have Halloween in the summer? Who is or are the masterminds behind such an amazing and diverse event? Well, bats and ghouls, I am happy to announce that our guest for this episode is here to provide us with some insight and even a bit of a history lesson on how this event came about. Ladies and gentlemen, bats and ghouls, Halloween fanatics of all ages, it is my honor to present to you here in studio, Mr. Rick West. Hey guys, thank you for having me. <laughs> Woo! Hey Rick. Glad All right, here. yeah. Well, Mr. West or, or Rick, thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. So, how are you doing on this uh, most auspicious Saturday? You know, this is actually uh, pretty relaxing because I spent the last week and a half or so moving. Okay. And, uh, you know, great time to move. The hottest part of the summer so (laughs) far where we get to wear masks. So it feels like I'm getting waterboarded (laughs) as as I'm moving boxes, you know. And uh, no, but so this is this is a great change of pace for me. Oh, good. Yeah, that's good. That's great. Yeah, we are. We're all adapting. We're all yeah. adapting right now. We've been looking forward to this interview. We're just like awesome. Next one. OK, we're going to have this. And then Rick West coming in. <laughs> it's going to awesome. be this week. He's coming. Fun. He's coming. Yes. I was like, it's it, it kind of feels like you're making him out to be Santa Claus. <laughs> well, <laughs> let me if, if I could real quick, because um, we do have some questions that we sure, want to ask course. you. But I just I want to say this right now. Um, the story I told of, of going to Midsummer Scream and discovering and all was got to be the just the highlight of that summer. Awesome. Um, you know, and it does, I will say this, it does not top my children being born because um, you can never top a moment like that. Of but yeah. I will definitely put it up there. Awesome, man. I <laughs> because I, I remember just walking down those steps into the double doors of that giant mm-hmm. hall. Yeah. And now it was 2016, so that was the early time of... Mm-hmm. of that was Hall A. Of, yeah, yeah, of when it just started. And so... Yep. It wasn't, there wasn't a lot of people yet, but there was still enough. Yes. And there was plenty to see, plenty to do. Um, so all I got to say is thank you for starting this thing. And yeah. that was just amazing. Awesome. You're welcome. That's, uh, it's great. And I'm sure we'll get into how it started and uh, how grateful we are that it didn't crash and burn and that you were able to come have a good time. Oh, yes, definitely. We will get there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I would like to say this, though. And I'd like to express how sorry we are that Midsummer Scream will not be taking place this year. Well, yeah, I appreciate that. And we're very sorry. And and again, we'll get to this too. But it was um, it was the most agonizing decision that the team has had to make in the four years that we've done Midsummer. Uh, four and a half, almost five now. But uh, 
in fact, in, in all the years, because we've for almost 10 years, we've been doing conventions because we, we also started Scare LA back in the day. That's yeah. right. That's yeah. right. You guys started so, Scare LA. Yeah. So, so out, of, out of everything, it was like this was the heaviest decision that we've had to make. Oh, man. And so we, we fought this beast off as long as we could, and we just ultimately figured, well, there's, there's no way around this. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, we, we are sorry. We feel sorry for, you know, you guys and the, the community. And we, we, we know that even though it's not our fault, it, it let a lot of people down because everybody was very excited about Midsummer, us included. Right. You know? yeah. So, yeah. 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 So thank you. Well, so for our listeners out there, um, for those who are, are, aren't aware of this, you are the co-founder and creative director of Midsummer Scream. So what is the role of the creative director and who are the masterminds behind the brilliance of this convention? Sure. Well, there are four of us. Uh, David Markland is our executive director. And then Gary, uh, Gary Baker is our executive producer. And Claire Dunlap is our, oh my God, supervising producer. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> we, we don't call each other by our titles very right, often, yeah, right? And yeah. uh, then I'm, I'm the creative director and we all co-founded it. Okay. So it's all our baby. And, you know, even though we, we have different titles, quote unquote titles, we are all creative directors of it because it's a very creative process. Right. That we all sit around and we yay nay about things and that's polite. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're comfortable enough around each other where we're like, dude, that really sucks. That's a really, that's a horrible idea, really. So, but, but we all sit around and we banter this stuff back and forth. Um, it's about, um, it's about an 18 month process now Wow, to do midsummer. So, um, you know, we, we were already well into like when we launched last year's show, we were already talking about what we were going to do for our fifth anniversary in 2020. And so, um, yeah, it's just, a, it's a long, it's a long process and a long sighted, sighted thing. So, um, we are all, part of the creative process, but that's, that's the four of us. And then we have a core team of about 20, 25 people that really kind of are, are, are tent poles that really handle the different aspects of the show um, under our direction. And then of course we have the white bats, which is our support team and they number in the hundreds. Oh, wow. And they are our frontline people. And without okay. our white bats, we, we don't have a show. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it, you can be a producer of these things, but if you don't have, amazing frontline people under you running things for right, you right you don't get to look good yeah at the end of the day right so um so no we're very grateful for the entire midsummer team awesome that's amazing so what do you, uh what was the motivation to host such an event insanity <laughs> um, <laughs> okay no so it, it started with scare la and david markland and another producer at the time came to me and said look you know we we David does an event production and then she did marketing and uh, they said, we know how to put an event together. We just don't have the deep reach into the community that you have. Mm. And at the time and up until fairly recently, I was the creator of theme park adventure, which was, it was the, the oldest online a fan site for theme parks right you know, it, i started it in 94 okay that was before the internet actually even <laughs> if you can imagine that and uh, so we started in print and just because of my own love of halloween um i had a very very storied and very deep passionate connection to the haunts and haunt community here in southern california mm. and so as just kind of a as a default result 
they came at me and said, you know, you've got to be part of this, you know, because yeah. you have all the contacts. That's Whether awesome. Whether it's theme parks or individual haunters or fans or whatever, you have that already built in. Oh, wow. So suddenly I was an asset. <laughs> yeah, you know. So um, I said, sure, I'll do a convention. And for the first few years, we did really great. And, and the growth was phenomenal on, on Scarlet. And then there was an internal rift. And uh, we broke away. About 90% of the team broke away. Mm. And um, we were actually at Transworld at the time in oh, 2016 wow. when this was happening. And uh, it was just, without getting into the gory details, it was just like a total crash and burn. And we are like, well, that's all, folks. Mm. <laughs> and uh, Gary Baker said, and Gary all along had been in charge of all of our AV for Scarlet, and then now he is charge of all that for for midsummer you know he was like no we have we've given something very special for the community so you can't just walk away from this right yeah you know and so he got together with david markland and they talked and they came at me and said look we want to create something else mm -hmm. we want to create something else and they were just very matter of fact about it they said we, we can't do this without you mm. and i just thought oh man this has been such a drag. This this business breakup has been such a drag. I really don't know that I want to go through this again. Right. Yeah. And I was actually the holdout. You know, it's funny because now I I probably am the one that does most of the interviews and things like that. And and I I was the holdout. I I, I was the one that was like I don't know if I want to do this type of thing. Right. And uh, go through this again. And so we said, okay, fine. We'll we'll give it a shot. And we literally had from, okay, we'll do it, we'll do something, to opening the doors. We had about four months, mm. which is unreal. And yeah. if we had not had our experience creating Scarlet for several years, there's no way we could have done Midsummer. Right. And so the, the origins of Midsummer um, were a lot smaller mm. than, than we eventually ended up with. That's, so if you look at some of our earlier stuff, Here's your homework tonight, kids. You go look at some of our <laughs> earlier stuff, and it says Midsummer Scream Halloween Festival. So the idea was we would have a bunch of spooky vendors. We would have music. We'd have music playing. It could even be like an outdoor-type venue, and it would just literally, for like a weekend or whatever, be a festival. Ooh, okay. And it suddenly then started in beginning. Yeah. And it got bigger and bigger, and we're like, well, right. wait, we've got to have the theme parks participate with us. And so now we need a really big stage for the theme parks to make their announcements. And suddenly we had a full-fledged convention on our hands. <laughs> and, um, you know, it was, uh, it was, I think, a very ambitious first year because we landed at Long Beach Convention Center. And in our first year, we had 8,000 guests, which for a first year, quote-unquote first year, even though a lot of people knew that we had come from Scarlet, um, for a first year con, that's that's pretty darn good. You know, 8, I wanted to people. I wanted to say, actually, because in 2016, you guys had eight, over 8,000 yeah. attendants. Yeah, we did. Um, 2017, then, you guys had over 15,000 attendants. Yeah. 2018, 22,500. Yeah. And in 2019, over 30,000 in attendance. Yeah. And your event just continues to grow exceedingly. We were expecting about, we were, we were expecting over 40,000 this year. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. You, now, I, I remember last year I stood in that line. I got there, I tried to get there as early as I could. But I mean, everybody was there. Yeah, like, of course. Before the sun was up. Oh, yeah. You know? We have people that camp. You oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I get there and I'm like, cool, the line's not too big. <laughs> so I get there and all of a sudden I'm walking and walking and then I go down these steps and then I go down past this this lake 
And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. And then me. you cross the border into Tijuana. <laughs> Seriously. And somewhere down there, you Juan, find the end of the line. Yeah. Juan will give you your tickets at the end. <laughs> That's right. I mean, it was, it was again, I got there early enough to where the line moved and we were able to get mm-hmm. up to the bridge. So yep. I was like, cool, I'm on the bridge. That's yep. that's like my guarantee of I will get in. Yes. Awesome. Oh, yes. But at the same time, seeing that many people that early in the morning and then mm-hmm. helicopters flying around mm-hmm. to see, you know, to report about how big it is, just amazing. Um I do have to ask, though, did you ever expect this outcome to grow to be one of the highest rated and beloved Halloween events around? You know, I, I think that, boy, it's hard not to answer that and, and, and not sound like a hothead. But you you go into these things knowing that you are going to expect from yourself and therefore from the rest of the team a certain level mm. of of. of guest service and the way we create midsummer scream is we all have different backgrounds i have a very heavy theme park background and so that the way that we've created the convention is really kind of the way that you create a theme park as far as ops go and things like that and 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 the number one is is customer service right and your guest service right that's right so we feel very confident in saying that out of the cons out there like nobody can touch us as far as like our customer service and the yeah. white bat service that people get and all that. We're very, we're very proud of that. Okay. And that's not by accident. I mean, we hold orientations. Mm-hmm. There's a whole indoctrination into this thing. Yeah, there's a, there's and an so entire a process. Yeah. Most conventions you say, Hey, do you want to be a volunteer? And people show up and here's your shirt, stand here for the day. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. And we, we just don't do that. We have an entire handbook that we, we personally update Amazing. every year. Wow. We have a slideshow. We have videos that we show. Um, we rent out a movie theater and, and, and do this in a movie theater. Wow. In, in sets. And, and if people don't attend this, we, they really can't be part of the team. Okay. Because they just we don't want people that are just showing up just so they can get in free. Right. You yeah. know, whatever. No, you're part of something very special here. And we understand that the minute you have an upset guest or you do something where you kind of blow it, you have to work so much harder to get that person back. Right. Yeah. And so we just don't want that to happen. Yeah. So we have a lot of, I'm I'm personally pretty fanatical about customer service when it comes to Midsummer Scream. And we all are. And uh, that just goes back to because I used to be a cast member at Disneyland. You know, so I, that was drilled into the back of my head. So I was so, going to yeah, say that, yeah. actually, when 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 you started talking about the customer service and how you, tr- you treat all the people, the attendees that are yeah. at this event, um, when you walk in that event, gentlemen, it, it's it's almost like you're walking into a Halloween Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, granted, they even have you guys even have it's a uh, uh, I want to say it's a PT Cruiser that shows up from Haunted Mansion, or it's got like a bunch of Haunted Mansion decal all She's over it. She's up from the Bay Area, and she, okay. came, she came one year and, and parked the car. Yeah, we, yeah. Had, we had the whole Haunted Mansion area. Yeah, that was really nice. Yeah. Um. So, but when you walk in there, you just get this sense of like, you're okay. Uh, if something, you know, something's going to, if you need something or if something's going to, you know, go down, like it's handled to where everyone just feels safe and comfortable going in there. Yeah. Um, and I know I didn't write this down, but this is just amazing. Um, the, the kind of feel that you get when you walk into this convention. Um, now, again, I've been to a couple other Halloween conventions, and a lot of them are outside. Um, very well done. Very, very, you know, uh, the way they path everything, it's really well done. This, because of how big it is for, for Midsummer Scream, you guys have such an open area, but you don't have, like, specific ways that you have to walk. You can walk any way you want through there. Um, and I like that. I really yeah. like the sense of freedom, freedom of being able to do that. Now, granted, of course... With this pandemic, and if you guys were to have Midsummer Scream, I imagine there would have been a lot of restrictions and a lot of uh, policies that would have been in place. But 
at the same time, it's the feel that you get when you go there. Mm-hmm. Um, it is such a like a Disneyland feel get when excited. you get in. Yeah, like I'm gonna get on the ride. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, totally. It's it's um, by design. It's yeah. not an accident, and I think that the, the secret is rather than a con, and obviously we're a major con, but rather than a con, we see ourselves as a community. Yes. Right? And so every year I like to say it's homecoming. Oh, right? I like that. Everybody like comes. That. We we typically in this community grew up kind of being the outsider kids, right? Yeah. And so I always say that it's like coming home once a year to the island of misfit toys. It really does right? feel like and that. And we all get there and everybody we have people that travel across the country, sometimes from around the world, by themselves. Wow. And wow. when they re- when they get there, they say, Oh no, I don't feel alone at all. I make friends right away and I'm with family. Oh no, you do. Yeah. And you it's absolutely amazing. do. I, I again I, I'm only saying this because I got to go last year and I was just so excited to be be there. Um when you when I went, I was able to actually meet two YouTubers who I've been wanting to meet for the longest time, and they go to all these like events, uh, filming all this stuff for their vlogs. And I got to meet this guy named Justin Scarred. Scared. Oh, we love Justin. Oh, yeah. he's amazing. He's, he's a so- madman. Yes, he is. He's crazy. Oh. He's a madman. And his random land videos are amazing. Um, if you get a chance, listen or check him out on YouTube. And then also Adam the Woo was there. Yep. Um, Adam was there. Great, great, great man. Uh, also a vlogger. He goes from like Florida to California, all over the place. Um, and I gotta say, it, it really you do you do just make friends there, and you you really do feel like you're home. I mean, going down that steps and walking through those double doors, I literally said, "I'm home. This is nice." <laughs> yeah, we love that. I live here now. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, let me ask you: Do you ever do you ever worry that the event may outgrow the Long Beach Convention Center? Um, no. Because, like I say, we, we do a lot of things. Well, we do everything pretty much by design. And we have agreed already internally that we never want it to get the size of something like a Comic-Con, where okay. it's just so big that it doesn't feel intimate anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is big. We take up the entire Long Beach Convention Center. That's right. not an easy task, right? Right, yeah. That's a very big animal with a lot of moving parts. And that's why it takes so long to create this thing and to pull it off successfully. Um but we have decided that we we would rather cap ticket sales because we don't want so many people in the building where you can't walk and it sucks and oh it's it's a two hour wait for one of the mini haunts and we, we just never want that experience for anybody right because again like I said the minute that happens they ain't coming back that's right right yeah. so okay. we model basically everything at midsummer off of the show that we would want to go to as fans and. Ironically enough, one of the things that I can't stand are crowds of people. Mm. So create a convention, Rick. You know, um, I swear it's different when you're running the thing. Right. You know, but uh, it it is one of those things where we are very, very in tune and very aware of people's comfort level. And so even though there are a lot of people that come and there are there there is more room for people, you know, in the Long Beach Convention Center, we've all agreed. And, And it actually happened in. 2018, we, we we sold out. We capped ticket sales. Oh wow! wow. On on a Saturday because it, in the afternoon people were just still coming through the doors. Oh wow! And they weren't ticket holders. They were people coming through to buy you know tickets at the door, and so we gave a heads up on social media and said, hey, we're almost out of tickets. If you don't have them, probably shouldn't come down at this point. Yeah. And we just capped it off. That's and, smart. And, but that's smart was, though. We we have always it, yes we are a business and it's a big business, but it, it is. First and foremost, always about the experience, not about filling our coffers. 
Okay. We are we are all about the experience because we want everybody to have fun. We want to have fun. Yeah. And at the end of the day, business success will follow if you do it right. But boy, I mean, a comparison that I think a lot of people that are listening probably would know. How how fun is it to go to Disneyland these days when it's so packed every day that it's like a Saturday used to be ten years ago? Yeah, and yeah, you have to wait four hours dude, for a ride, and that's mm-hmm. every day, right? Yeah. And to me, it's like that's just not fun anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when it comes to how many people you can cram in for profit over how many people you can invite in for an amazing experience, it's going to be for our team the experience every day, all day all the time that's wonderful yeah that's great to hear i'm it gives me a sense of relief too you know because i too don't like crowds in fact if i go to the market and i just there's too many people i'm like i'll come back later i Mm. I don't want to be in a crowd uh i'd rather be on my own Mm. but uh i i I, i'm happy to hear that 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 you take that into consideration and and, uh, that just means that we need to make sure we get our tickets beforehand <laughs> i, mean, I already go. know you have yours <laughs> i will be be very be, well, let me this way i will pay be paying very close attention <laughs> to the instagram and website for when the tickets go on sale for next year because i want to be first in line nice nice so it, we're, we're going camping guys yeah Where? we're camping right. long camping. beach convention center tell my kids we're going camping and we go to the long beach convention That's center right <laughs> the ground's hard you know i brought you a pillow it. yeah <laughs> So, I mean, I had a question. Uh, each year, uh, there are more and more, like, wonderful vendors at this. You know, I was just looking it up at all at the, the previous events. Um, has the process for selecting these vendors become more rigorous, or is it more a first-come, first-serve? Uh, do, do you seek these vendors, or do, do, you, do these vendors, like, hey, I want to be a part of your, your event. You know, can I, how can I be a part of it? The answer is yes. That's a a short answer. Yes. Um, This is really David Markland's sandbox, and and he does a phenomenal job curating our vendors. Um, In the beginning, it was just kind of like, hey, we're going to do this Halloween show, and we'd sure love it if you'd come be part of it type of thing, right? And now uh, it's – there is a list that we do cut off, and it's usually very early because we have a lot of returning vendors. We have usually over 300, 325 vendors. Wow. On the show floor, which is pretty massive. And what David is very good about and what he's adamant about is that there aren't 50 T-shirt vendors all selling the same thing. Or that, you know, there aren't people selling the same line of widgets, you know, because uh-huh. you, you really want the floor to be a unique mix and you don't want to start cannibalizing everybody else right yeah so he is very cognizant of that and david has a great relationship literally with all of our vendors and now how he does it that's beyond me because my my big thing and we'll again i'm sure we'll talk about this more is (laughs) my my sandbox really is the hall of shadows right Mm -hmm. and so just just like wrangling 20 haunters 20 haunts or whatever that is like a full-time gig, you know, making sure that everybody's on the same page. So how David handles the 300-plus vendors every year, that is just uh, – that's that's a bunch of magic. And and he's uh, – I'm actually glad it's not on my plate because I'm not really a details guy. you got to be a details guy for that kind of thing. Right. right and yeah. so, no, he is, he is really on top of it. And I think that everybody agrees that he just does a phenomenal job of bringing in an awesome mix of vendors. And we also – there are guidelines where we we don't want somebody coming in if they're just going to be selling, you know, Arrowhead water. 
you know, type mm-hmm. of thing. It, yeah. it has to relate to yeah. our community. Yeah. You know, so we're we're not we're not at the point where we're like, well, if they're going to buy a booth, let's just sure they can come. No, the, we have no problem filling the show floor. So we we do get at this point to pick and choose who's there. That, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do have another question because yeah. uh, we're thinking about I was on the topic of vendors and. I'm a little hungry. <laughs> <laughs> He's hungry again. I'm hungry. The strange again. one's again. hungry again. Yeah. So uh, our last episode when we were talking with uh, Kevin Valentine, I had a moment about talking about food and I got mm. really distracted with it. So uh, same question. Um, when it comes to choosing or, or the same, basically the same question as the vendors, does that apply towards um, food vendors? Uh, do their, do your food vendors uh, come to you or do you seek out? I know that there are for like food trucks, uh, there are actually uh, communities to, to go to and then they can pull in vendors. And do you actually try to pull in any vendors with themed closer towards your event? And the answer to that is no. Uh, <laughs> yes. There you go. Yes and no. It's a very easy interview. Um, the Long Beach Convention Center controls that with an iron fist. Wow. Oh, we wow. have zero say in food or beverage really? at the show, including the food trucks outside. They are contracted by the convention center. Now, if somebody contacts us, and, and this does happen, they say, hey, we've got a truck and we think we'd be perfect for the show. Mm-hmm. We tell them, okay, that's great. Then you need to contact so-and-so at the LBCC because we have no say in that. We have no control over wow. that. So even restaurants that are in the area, I know there's one or two of them, I think California Pizza Kitchen, and I think what used to be famous Days Barbecue, it's called something else now. I think they have a contract with the convention center where they can come bring like some of their mobile stuff up there or whatever. Oh, okay. huh. But no, it is completely controlled. And that's why we also don't really have any food vendors on the floor because... I noticed that. There is a special licensing fee that they have to pay for that, and it's pretty cost-prohibitive. Oh, wow. And so, unfor- and we hate that because we have a lot of fantastic friends in the community that make just outrageous-themed cakes and cookies and things like that. Yeah. And we have to tell them no every year. Oh, Just because it's too, again, it's too cost-prohibitive for them as vendors wow. to come in. It's some astronomical number that they have to pay the convention center a day. And so that's huh. just not that's just not in the cards, unfortunately. So there you go. We have zero. So we know it, we hear people complain all the time about pricing or selection or what. We have zero. We have zero say over that. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Well, this is all fascinating, and I go. know we have so many more questions that we would like to ask. But before we go any further, here's a word from our sponsor. By Odin's beard, you would not believe the amazing findings at VikingJeans.com. From handcrafted jewelry to home decor, to clothing and apparel from infants to adults, VikingJeans.com has something for the Norse fanatic in everyone. I, for one, have my eye on the great Edrasil handmade wooden watch. Looking to impress that special shield maiden? Why not stun her with Molnir, a handmade pendant and necklace? The beauty and craftsmanship that goes into each piece of art is as though each item was crafted by the gods themselves. Be sure to find yours at vikingjeans.com. That's vikingjeans.com. All right, welcome back, Bats and Ghouls. We are talking with Rick West, the co-founder and creative director of Midsummer Scream. Before our break, I mentioned that we have a few more questions. So let's discuss some of the big names that you've had so far, such as 
Cassandra Peterson, known to many as Elvira, the Mistress of the Dark, uh, and John Kassir, who voices the Crypt Keeper from Tales from the Crypt, just to name a few. Do you do you have to reach out uh, to invite them, or are these talents asking to be a part of the event? So it, it, it's a strange mix with that. Um, usually there is an initial ask, right? But then once they come and they have done Midsummer and they see how smooth it is and how much fun they have doing it, uh, usually they want to be part of it year after year. Oh, okay. Um, Cassandra's been a big supporter of ours, and we have a great relationship with, with her. And so she's been at the show the past several years, and that's really great. Uh, John Kassir is somebody that David Markland brought in to the show. And, uh, yeah, no, it's just, it, it's great. And then very often vendors also. Vendors sometimes will know, you know, celebrities and that type of thing. Right. Because what we do, do you know, what we do do is... Uh, <laughs> We're not a we're not a celebrity show, so very often throughout the year we will just get cold calls all the time saying, "Hey, I represent fifty people for, what, that you need to have at your show," and we're like, "That's awesome," but probably not because mm-hmm. we are not an autograph show. Uh, number one, autographs are expensive and they have their time and place, right? But at Midsummer Scream, if somebody spend $65 on an autograph or a picture with somebody, well, then that's 60, $65 that they're not spending with our vendors and artisans. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. okay. And that's great consideration. And, and so we, we are very loyal to people that have been with us every year. And again, that's, that's one of those by design decisions that we've made is that, yes, we do have celebrities from time to time. And yes, they do sign autographs and they set their own prices and all that stuff, right? You got to have that at a convention. But that is like, I never want, I call it the, the hall of awkward eye contact, ah, where it's okay. like you're going down this middle aisle and there's like 50, you know, older, older folks that have been in movies you've never heard of. And they're all <laughs> staring at you like, oh, my God, don't make eye contact. They're going to want to. I don't like that at all. Yeah. I find that awkward and I find it sad also. And I just um, I, to me, that's not the midsummer thing. Okay. That's oh. just not the midsummer thing. Yeah. Now, if Stephen King wants to come down and sign, he is more than welcome <laughs> to come out to midsummer. And uh, but but you know there are a few people on a bucket list that we would love to have at midsummer, but uh, we don't actively go out and scout like different celebrities unless they are part of a, like a panel. Mm. We'll do a big panel like we did the Hocus Pocus panel. Right. right? Yeah. And then suddenly you have those folks there or whatever. You know. So if it, if it ties in with something we're doing. Mm then that makes more sense okay. for us to work out something with a celebrity like that. Um, but just to have them there, to have them on the floor, sometimes you do. Mm-hmm. Most of the time we don't. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Well, many uh, many people seem to be holding live events uh, online to provide substance for their patrons given the, uh, the outdoor activity restrictions placed as a result of this pandemic. So according to the Midsummer Scream Instagram, it says you'll be having a live stream that, that'll be happening. Can you elaborate more on what we can expect from that? Yes, I can. All right. <laughs> David sent me. So I had to give credit where credit's due. David Markland has really kind of been the, this is this is his baby. Oh, awesome. And because like when we decided we were going to not do the show this year, it was like, well, then what do we do? Because everybody's doing virtual stuff. And honestly, like the first gut reaction was, not really anything because you can't replicate the feeling of being at midsummer, right? Sitting on your couch, you know, staring at YouTube or, right. you know, or yeah. whatever. It is. So we figured, you know, if we were going to do something, we certainly wouldn't call it midsummer scream, mm. you know, 
So we are doing uh, a live stream, and it's going to be 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. on Saturday, August 1st. And we kind of played with the whole thing, the, the Midsummer Scream there in spirit. Oh, awesome. You know, that's kind of the thing we're playing with. And uh, everybody can find all the info um, at midsummerscream.org slash live. Nice. That's going to be where the, all that info is. Um, it's going to be free to watch, and we're going to stream it on YouTube, Facebook, and Periscope. Uh, and basically what we're going to do throughout the day is offer just a whole variety of different programming. Oh, beautiful. And it's going to be like little quick hit stuff. So if we have a panel presentation, quote unquote panel presentation, because I really <laughs> it's not really a panel presentation unless there's a live audience, in my opinion. But we, <laughs> what we will have discussions online where, where we interview different people. Um, everybody's welcome to, to look and to watch and to hang out with us all day. We are going to be raising funds throughout the program for the Angelino campaign. And that provides financial assistance to low-income families in L.A. that oh, have been nice. uh, that have been impacted by COVID. Oh, nice. And layoffs. Okay. So so that's, that's something very nice that, that David really wanted to do. Wonderful. Yeah. So, um, you know, Midsummer Scream, we do consider ourselves the gateway to Halloween season. And so we knew that there was the weekend could not come and go and not not a peep from us right except an instagram post right it sucks we wish we were on long beach we're not going to do that <laughs> yeah. right so we had to do something yeah so we did decide that we were going to do this this all day live stream and so it's one day it's going to be a fun thing and it's going to be interviews throughout the day with haunters and event producers um discussing their halloween plans oh nice one of the one of the plans and this is all subject to change um <laughs> one of the ideas we have is that every hour near the top of the hour i'm going to drop in with some of the home haunters and prominent haunters from around the, the community and just do a quick little talk with them about what their plans are wonderful for the season so, so that, you'll, you'll be popping in every hour? Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. I'm going to be there. Yes, I'll be there. Um, <laughs> hey, it's me again. Yes. Uh, it's with my Red Bull, and yet, yeah, I'll be there all day long. Um, so to do that, we're also, there are going to be, I'm, I'm, we're looking at what panels, again, quote, unquote, panel presentations, um, each of us can hold, that type of thing. Uh, we are talking to different companies, large and small, about participating. The thing that's crazy is the larger partners that you would m maybe expect to see on a midsummer broadcast that maybe have larger events, that's all up in the air right now. Mm. So it's really hard for them to come online and say, well, this is what we're going to do today. And then the next day, well, we've canceled our event, you know, type of thing. So right. there's a lot of uncertainty. And that's also something that leading up to our decision about Midsummer Scream this year we couldn't really get anybody to commit mm. because as COVID became a bigger and bigger thing, everybody got very squirrely about, well, you can announce that we're going to be there. Um, if this doesn't get worse, you know, type of thing. And, and right, it came yeah. to a point where we would already have started announcing panels and stuff. And we didn't have really much of anything locked because nobody would commit. Right. So we knew that we had a really serious problem yeah. on our hands this year. That I mean, was, everybody was, that was becoming, one of our problems. Everyone was becoming uneasy about this whole yeah. COVID-19 stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was one of our problems, mm. but uh, 
don't have to worry about the COVID when you're sitting at home watching our live stream on <laughs> August 1st from 11 to 7. Um, we are going to have we're, we're going to have different live broadcasts uh, from around L.A. And, and the Southland here, as well as from around the country. Wonderful. Yeah. yeah. So we are working on dropping in on places around the country. Um, some of the places we're talking to about doing live remotes from would be um, the Fourth Horseman in Long Beach. Beautiful. It's like the best pizza in Long oh, Beach. Oh, yes. Absolutely. If you haven't had it, man, you got to hit up Fourth Horseman. Yes, you we do. We love them. They're yes, really, really awesome. Um, Dirk's Terror Ta- Tavern in Sherman Oaks. Um, Winchester Mystery House. Yes. They want to do something with us now. They just got, they had to close again. I heard. Which really, that's horrible for them. And we feel really bad for that team up there because they've really planned on how to, you know, work around this and keep yeah. everybody safe. Yeah. And then just the, the harder restrictions again, here we go. And they had just opened their new, new way of seeing the house and they just had to close again. And so we do, they, they want to do something with us and we want, obviously we want them on the show. They've been a partner of ours since the beginning and they're a great team. Um, so look for something from, from Winchester, um, and Sleepy Hollow, New York. Oh, Ooh, wow. we're looking at dropping okay. in there and Orlando, Florida hey. is going to be in the house. Okay. So we, we do have it kind of covered, you know, from, from, from coast to coast. Um, we're going to have select short films also curated by our partners at Horror Buzz. Okay. So we're going to be broadcasting some spooky things to watch also cool. during the day. That and, sounds uh, like fun. Awesome. Yeah. And we're going to keep it, you know, the real, the real theme of Midsummer, even though it ranges from very kid-friendly to very not kid-friendly right. for some of our programming. Yeah. We're Our entire first hour that we do this thing uh, is going to be the kids' hour, and it's going to start with crafts and an interview with Disney author Vera Strange, who's coming out with the, the book series, The yes. Disney Kills. Yeah. 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 Okay. So we've worked that out with Disney Publishing. They want to be part of whatever we're doing. And, uh, yeah, they, they came to us. Actually, you asked if people come to us. So Disney Publishing came to us and said, hey, we want to be part of Midsummer Scream this year. Wonderful. Wow, and so awesome. uh, they were going to, and then this all happened. And they were great. They were like, well, despite all this, we still want to be part of whatever you guys are doing. And so it's been a really fantastic time really kind of partnering with, with Disney. That's amazing. See, yeah. I'm telling you, gentlemen, I'm telling you, Halloween's not dead. There we go. It's not dead. There it just had to be adapted. That's all. That's brilliant. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be really, really fun, and we hope you guys will tune in. So, so basically, everyone's going to get their their midsummer scream fix just online. There you go. That's yeah. that's brilliant. Yeah. I think it's brilliant. And maybe I think everybody should watch in costume. Ooh. <laughs> see, even though we can't see you, we want to know that you guys are all sitting there in costumes. That would right? be that would be fun. There I think go. I might do that with my kids. I'm there you always go. in costume. There you go. <laughs> That's just me. <laughs> I always know. You know what? Um, that that'll be fun. Actually, I think I want to do it with my kids, where we just put our costumes on. You know, watch that. watch the that. crafts of with Midsummer Scream and all that. Um, and that's something actually that we're doing at home too is yeah. we're trying to do a lot more crafting and everything and I'm really pushing Halloween on them a there lot. You go. Good. Um, good. Sometimes I'll ask him like, hey, you know, what do you guys want to watch as a movie? And they'll tell me like, you know, Charlie Brown, uh, The Great Pumpkin. Yeah. Um, which we watched three times yesterday. 
What yeah. I think would be fun. I'm sitting here, <laughs> my, my wheels are, are turning. They may be a little rusty these days, but they are turning. <laughs> and I'm thinking when we're done here, I think I need to call David and say, hey, why don't we tell people we want them to watch in costume and they can send us pictures during yeah. the, and then we can show yeah. pictures that would be fantastic. of fans watching in costume. Oh, I'll be right back. I'm going to get my costume on. There right you back. go. So I, that's, that's how these things happen, gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, you hear that, listeners? So make sure while you're watching, you take your pictures with your costume on and send it over. There I think that's go. something we'll definitely be posting on our Instagram too is uh, you know watching Midsummer Scream online wearing our costumes. I think that's a good idea. That'd be fun. Yeah, I think that's a really fun. Yeah, that'd that'll be, be fantastic. Yeah, I like that. Oh, there now, we go. I'll be, I'll be in my Midsummer shirt and probably shorts, and and my costume will be the sad sad producer that's not there in Long Beach. That's <laughs> what I'm going to go as this whiskey year. In his left hand. There you go. Yes. So I wanted to uh, ask you. Um, now, with the Midsummer Scream closure happening and everything, yes. and you guys going online, I noticed that on your Instagram here that you guys are, are still selling merchandise. We do. So one thing that we did decide was, even though our main show was canceled this year, Midsummer again, it's a community, mm-hmm. right? And just because the big show isn't going to go this year, uh, there's no reason to stop being part of the community. And that includes through merchandise for people to represent yeah. that they're part of this. Uh, you know, so no, we, we keep forging on with, with merch ideas and we've gotten, you know, bandanas now and, and all yeah. that. And, and, and the t-shirts, you know, the, the, the save Halloween quarantine, you know, shirts, which people love. Now I saw, I saw you guys sold out of those pretty fast. Dude, it's like hotcakes. Oh my gosh. And again, that's a David, David and Claire handle that stuff. And again, I'm glad that's not my dealio because <laughs> they, they got to be going crazy with the amount of orders that come in. And it just, it is really fast. Yeah. And so, um, no, and we love that. And the, you know, we, we see that as uh, we're very proud because we see that as a lot of love from the community, right? Mm-hmm, Obviously, absolutely. If your product sucks, people aren't gonna be like, "Well, take my money. I want a shirt." <laughs> so, no, we we know that the community really loves it, and we know that the community understands why we canceled. And so, no, I very very, I mean, very early on when David and I were having very frank conversations about this before we you know officially pulled the trigger i said we have to make sure then then if we are going to go dormant for another year and a half that we are more out there than mm-hmm. we've ever been yeah. online and brand wise yeah and, and he agreed wholeheartedly so you will see wave after wave of new, new things coming out oh absolutely, absolutely I, it's yeah. i love i love what you guys sell though i mean the bandanas yeah. were a very smart idea to do yeah um i love the the uh, save halloween t-shirts yeah i was very disappointed that i didn't get there on time to get one but mm-hmm. i'm if you guys ever make them or have them out again i will be right on top of I that gotcha. we get questions we get that all the time <laughs> yeah and, and, and so they're very aware that that that's stuff will, that's yeah. good though yeah. that's good that's yeah. amazing uh, gentlemen, did you have any other questions that you would like to ask? No, I'm good. I was just thinking about that Save Halloween. It just reminds me of Save Ferris. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we, we hear we always try to talk a little bit about the par- paranormal. And uh, sure. so I do have, uh, I guess, one question in particular. Okay. Uh, we've asked this of many of our, our interviewees. Um, do you personally have any experience with the paranormal? Have you come across... You know, had had any any history with it. And if I may, do you believe in the paranormal? Um, the answer is yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I do. Um, I, I think that there are a lot of things that are uh, unexplainable because we don't have the capacity to understand mm. what's there. 
whether that's a, a parallel universe or, or, or what have you, or a spirit world that we, that we can't see. Uh, you know, I don't know that I believe in a straight up heaven and hell and there's demons and angels floating around. I don't know about that, but, uh, I, I do have to believe that there is something. I, I do believe that there is something after we, we cash out, right? Mm-hmm. After we cash out. Because the idea that it's like the end of Sopranos is just really depressing, <laughs> right? That's yeah. like, yeah. And, and, and as humans, I don't think that we can like fully accept or comprehend that mm-hmm. because right. that's just too sad. I mean, it's sad, right? Yeah. You won't see your pets. You won't see your friends or family ever. I mean, that's just so even if it's a man-made construct, I think that's something that we all just hang on to. Right. Mm. Whether it's through religion or spirituality or or whatever. Um, That said, uh, I do have a ghost story. Now, and I'm and I'm not wow. I'm not somebody that's jumpy at all. I, I, okay. I, I grew up the kid. I mean, I I grew up the kid who loved horror movies, that begged his grandfather to take him. I mean, I went to the theater to see Halloween two and the mm-hmm. original Nightmare on Elm Street and all that. So I never got scared at all of, of horror movies. And when I was a little kid and realized that there were things called haunted houses that you could go to. <laughs> Dude, I was, it was like, I was on crack for these things. <laughs> and I was dragging, my, my, my grandfather dr- would drag me all over the Inland Empire where I grew up, going to like March of Dimes, Haunted House, you know, that, that, you know, that type of thing. And then when I was about 11 or 12 or so, I went to Not Scary Farm for the first time. Mm. And that was in the very early 80s. And that was just like, I've found Nirvana. <laughs> and uh, that really began my, just, horrid love affair with uh with halloween um so when i graduated high school i went to work at disneyland as a cast member in the late 80s and uh one of the attractions i worked was the haunted mansion and so you're gonna get a ghost story from the most famous haunted house in the world ladies and gentlemen this is this is by the way unplanned rick west is going to tell us a ghost story from the Haunted Mansion at Disneyland. David, can we get some mood music, please? Wonderful. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, I can sense those sympathetic vibrations. Yeah. Um, so When we harmonize. <laughs> what happened was, uh, well, first of all, back in the day, if you can imagine in the late 80s, the mansion didn't have a, a security camera uh, system. Pirates did, because I worked pirates also. We had cameras and pirates in the tower, but we didn't have any cameras at all in the Haunted Mansion. And as it was always said, they're not to act as security. They are for guest safety. Mm. They're for security, too. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was just amazing to me when I was trained on Mansion that there was, how could you not have cameras in the mansion? And they would say, oh, yeah, well, people always get out of the doom buggies and they're always running around in here and that type of thing. I said, well, what do you do? What do you do to to stop that then? And they said, well, there's a position called safety. And I'm like, well, what is that? They're like, well, very few people do it because it's just not their thing. I said, well, do tell me more about this safety. They said, well, basically, you spend your entire shift walking the track behind the doom buggies throughout the entire attraction, (laughs) making sure that people are behaving. And I'm like... Okay, whoa, 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 wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. So I'm I'm not in rotation. I'm my own deal, and I walk around through all the scenes behind the doom buggies, out of sight, and that's my gig for like. And they're like, yeah. I'm like, okay, I need to be that guy. 
<laughs> and so I was I was one of very few cast members that like did that on yeah. a regular basis. Okay. And it got to the point where I knew, and I still, I mean, it's, it's been a long time. It's been over 30 years. Um, <laughs> but I, I know the mansion like the back of my hand. And so um, walking around in the mansion, it's, uh, it's, it's spooky because back in the day, like when we were talking about when Disneyland wasn't crowded every day mm. to capacity, um, we had off seasons. And there were very often, you know, 10-minute pauses between groups or more in the mansion mm. and boy when you're late at night in the mansion and it's just you and the attic scene or you and the seance circle mm. and nothing else in the cars that are going by boy you can hear the attraction creaks and groans and it makes noises and wow. it vibrates mm. and it rumbles and one of the things that we did love doing back in the day I'm, you know I'm sure I don't know anybody that works the mansion anymore, and and I, I I'm sure just because of OSHA and all that, this stuff is like so fun sponged at this point. But back in the day, we would take the down, you know, the slow seasons or whatever, and we would like scare the crap out of each other in the interaction. <laughs> what? It was like a constant game of like hide and go seek. Oh my gosh! And so I'd be sitting there, you know, in the ballroom or whatever. When I say sitting in the ballroom, behind, as you're looking down into the ballroom, if you ever turn and look behind you, you've got about 15 feet of, of space back there before it hits the wall. Oh, okay. Because if you think about the way the ballroom works, right. you have to have that space yeah. up, and, up and down. So <laughs> there is a wheelchair back there. It's still there, I think, because that's an emergency exit. Um, I would just sit there sometimes waiting for groups to come through. <laughs> and, oh, man, people would come through the emergency exit and <laughs> around the corner at me, you know, that type of thing. So, oh, yeah, we used to just have such a blast scaring the living hell and new people, sending new people through the ride <laughs> to do a walkthrough. <laughs> oh, and then I get the radio call because, you know, we didn't have texting back then. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'd get the radio call. You have noobs coming through, you know, and I would just, oh, right. you know, yes. scare the hell out of them right coming through. <laughs> Um, so we were constantly funding each other like that, right? And uh, there is an area as you go up into the very first corridor before, right before you turn to look down the endless hall, there is um, there's a, a doorway, but it's got a really heavy black dubatine curtain hanging in it. Just beyond that is a space of maybe here to the end of the table. It's like a foot. Uh, and then there's a wooden ladder that goes straight up to a catwalk that goes over the conservatory wow. that you pass through where the guy's all, let me let me out of here, let me out of here. Okay. So that's how you get up there. You didn't hear that from me. And <laughs> stay in your doom buggies. Um, <laughs> Listeners, if you could just uh, keep a, a secret between all of us, that'd be that's great. Right. Thank yeah. you. Shh, nobody knows. <laughs> just us. Um, one of the great places to stand was to frame your shoulders in that doorway up against that black curtain. And then you could hear... You got to the point where you could hear troublemakers as they were getting into the load area. You could hear them being loud coming down the hall. You could hear them loud, you know, whistling or shouting to each other as they started coming up into the darkness. So you're like, okay, this is going to be a rowdy group or whatever. Hmm. And so that's that, that's a place where safety very often would stand oh, and get okay. a handle on who was coming through in this load of people. And one night, very late, I was waiting for the group to come up like that. And ever so slightly at first I felt someone put their hand on my right shoulder from behind and then push down really heavy and I jumped really I, I jumped really hard because I you know 
because you do. And the the hackles went up immediately, and I spun around, and we had the huge, we had like the three-foot mag lights, you know, that we used to walk through there with, right? And instantly that went on, and there was like nobody there. It was like zero. Nobody was there. And there's no way for anybody to have gone up the ladder that fast, because we're talking probably 15, 20 feet on the ladder. It's a big, long ladder, right? And uh, so there you go. I'm not a jumpy guy at all, and there are numerous, you know, ghost stories around the Haunted Mansion. Standing at load late at night, you can often hear children giggling or a baby crying in the abyss, which is on the other side of the load belt down there. And you know, I they told me that, and I'm like, well, yeah, that's also the sound of the the uh, the load belt, the gears squeaking mm, and, and okay. echoing in here and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but this, honest to God, it was like it was a very heavy weight on my right shoulder. Wow. And so. Whether it was a ghost, whether it was some sort of weird phantom sensation that that I had, I I, I don't know what it was. There there's no there is no explanation for that. And did you ever have that same? No, uh, it just that one that time. Was it. Wow, that was a one and done. Wow, one oh and done. Oh my gosh, it was freaky, but it didn't freak me out. And uh, I never was like, oh, I'm done doing safety, you know, whatever. No, <laughs> yeah. I, that was my, I loved doing safety. Yeah. That was my favorite. That's probably my favorite gig at Disneyland. That's, all, that's awesome. And, but there you go. That is my, that is my one and done, but I think it's a doozy. I think it's a good one. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yep. I don't even know what to say right now. <laughs> I, I mean, I know there's the whole, you know, 90, 999 ghosts and, yeah. you know, Grimly ghosts come out to socialize and all yeah. that, but I believe you, one tried to socialize with you socialized on my shoulder yeah oh my gosh i almost socialized in my pants yeah yeah wow well well mr west rick thank you very much for sharing that ghost story with us that was unplanned (laughs) that was great awesome yes thank you so much yeah all right well that was a heck of a ghost story that we just got from rick west and uh, I think that's going to do it for another episode here of Into the Void. But before we go, gentlemen, do you know what time it is? It's time for one last word from our sponsor. Hail thine old father, for only he can supply such jewelry, watches, axes, and apparel as one would find at vikingjeans.com. Find Viking styles for all members of your family. Lo, do they have styles for thine father. Lo, do they have styles for thine mother. Lo, they have styles for thy brother and sister too. Viking Jeans has the Norse wear for you and yours. So before riding into battle alongside the Valkyries and the mighty Thor with his trusted hammer Molnir, be sure to visit vikingjeans.com. That's vikingjeans.com. Well, that's such a fun ad. Okay, well, if you like what you heard here, then be sure to tune in to our previous and upcoming episodes, which you can find on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Also, give a follow on all our social media pages, Facebook at PodParanormal87, Instagram at VoidPodcast18, Twitter at NightwingSilver, and visit our website, IntoTheVoidPod.com. That's IntoTheVoidPod.com to check out our latest in-studio picks and more. And don't forget, you can get yourself a sweet custom-made Into the Void sticker by joining our Patreon. Just go to patreon.com forward slash Into the Void pod. Your support helps fuel this show and its future endeavors. And with that, 
Thank you to Rick West. It has truly been a pleasure to be able to gain some more insight about Midsummer Scream from you, the creative director. Sir, this has truly been an honor, so thank you oh, well, very Thank much. you guys for having me. This has been really fun, and uh, it's nice not to wear the mask for a little bit. And, uh, <laughs> but we are sitting like 20 feet apart, so yeah, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, anytime you guys want to chat, I'd be more than happy to come join you again. This has been delightful. Thank you so much oh, for having great. me. Fantastic. Yeah, thank, you. thank you. And just on behalf of the entire Midsummer team, we love you guys. We see each of you. We, we're all in this together, and, and we will get through this. Yes, absolutely. Well said. <laughs> well, lastly, big thank you to our sponsor for these past three, gentlemen, three episodes. Wow. Viking Jeans. Amazing. All right. Well, that's going to do it for me. I'm G-Man, and I wanted to make a skeleton joke, but I don't think you'd find it very humorous. So until then, thank you for falling with me. <laughs> <laughs>